0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to uh, episode five of the Dental God Podcast. My name is Alicia I'm your host, and uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Now this podcast is a podcast where I uh, interview pastors and leaders and give them a platform to be real, vulnerable, um, and open about life, faith, and ministry. Now, a new episode uh, drops the first Thursday of every month. So, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or even Amazon Podcasts. That's a new thing. Um, or, what you can do is follow me on social media. So, feel free to follow me at Don't Tell God on Instagram or Don't Tell God One on Twitter. Now, on today's episode, I actually interviewed David. Barry. And uh, David works for VOM, which stands for Voice of the Martyr, And uh, VOM is an organization whose sole purpose or its sole purpose is to raise awareness for Christians who are being persecuted around the world. Now, it's a fabulous episode. And um over, the, over, I think, about half an hour, 35 minutes, we talk about three main things. We speak about persecution and what does it mean to be persecuted. Uh, we talk about guilt. And as, as Christians who live uh, in, in you know, Western country and sometimes very comfortable Christian life, we might be filled with guilt. So we talk about, okay, how do we overcome that? And lastly, we talk about jealousy and how, as Christians, we may be jealous of our fellow brothers and sisters. So how do we combat that issue? So enjoy this episode, guys. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's good for you to be here. I'm, I'm happy that you're here and uh, I'm excited because, you know, for a lot of people, they probably won't know you personally. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, hopefully over the next half an hour or so, they will. Uh, yeah. look, tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, family, church, and uh, your work. What do you do for, for a living?
1: Yeah. So... um
0: David Barry, <laughs> that's my name.
1: Um, I was married three years ago. I should know that, I was, I was stumbling on that one, but yeah, three years ago. I've um, got a beautiful one-year-old daughter named Abigail. And um, I've been with Voice of the Martyrs for the last
0: almost two years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, for those who don't know Voice of the Martyrs, uh, explain, explain to the viewers a little bit more about what Voice of the Martyr is.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's a ministry that aims to help persecuted brothers and sisters, and uh, they're persecuted because of their faith. Um, And like you you might say, implicit in the name, Voice of the Martyrs, we want to be a voice for them. And, you know, even though there are so many of them, you know, there are 260 million of them, many people can't physically see them. Hmm. So in a sense, we've got to be a voice because they're almost invisible. And to me, it's astonishing that there could be so many millions of Christians be persecuted but to the average person maybe it's because of the, the lack of information on the news or what it is it's like they don't exist so we're, we're, we're here saying look these guys exist there's a kingdom you can't see there's a gospel you can't see um, and all these things are taking place right now so that's that's kind of the spirit okay. of who
0: we are at Voice of the Martyrs. So from from what you've just said and mm. correct me if I'm, I'm wrong so you're trying to give voice to people who are pretty much dying for their christian faith
1: is that right yeah yeah absolutely you know i have you ever read that book insanity of god uh, nick ripken no, no. Uh, he, oh so he, he he wrote this beautiful book but he made this statement that i was always shocked by he said 70 percent of christians are persecuted around the world so the wow. majority of christians are persecuted
0: um so explain yeah. persecution because that yeah. might sound different for different people i'm assuming for example in western countries yeah, like, yeah. what do you mean by persecution
1: well look of course persecution can range in a wide variety of things you know you've got things as little as um being mistreated in terms of work opportunities yeah. um, then you've got things like um financial persecution you've got a physical persecution mm. then you've got things like death you know you've, you've got the whole gamut Um, I was reading a news article just recently about a girl in Nigeria, Leah Shibiru, uh, who was kidnapped and uh, forced into marriage. Um, That's what some of the reports say to a Boko Haram commander. So it can even look like forced marriage uh,
0: for some people. Okay. So persecution is uh, different for everyone. Yes. Um, yes. What? So for your role in regards mm. to voice of martyrs, so how do you do that? So you want to give obviously voice to people who yes. are being persecuted for their faith. Yeah. You live in Australia. you know, yeah. in Australia. What, how, how do you do that? How do you give them a voice?
1: Well, my role, it's called um, relationship manager. So, you know, a lot of these stories are very personal. A lot of the stories are quite heartbreaking. So my role is to deliver these personal stories and these biblical convictions in the context of relationship, so how do I do that? I'm talking to you right now, for example. Yeah. Um, I might meet up with a pastor and have coffee, but I'm not trying to give them facts as much as I'm trying to give them the conviction in my heart because I joined Voice of the Mars because I was I felt utterly convicted hearing certain stories. Um, so yeah, it yeah we, we have we have things like church presentations. Yes, we have things. We have an upcoming conference. Uh, you know, promo thing October 24, you know, but, uh, but uh, that's not the main way it's person to person. It's one conviction to another. Um, I didn't explain this before, and maybe you're going to, you're going to ask me this later, but um, there's two goals of voice of the martyrs. Okay. So the first goal is to help Christians with practical and spiritual assistance. And then the other goal is to bring those of us who are free in Australia into fellowship with those of us who, those who are persecuted. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you, you mentioned before in your, um, just then, you know, talking about, you know, how you got to voice of the mother is because you heard stories. If it's okay, like yeah, what yeah, was yeah. the story that kind of convinced you or the spirit led you to say, nah, you've got to join this yeah. organization. You've got to give a, vo- a voice to these people who are dying for the Christian faith
1: yeah so it was a funny thing. Um, me and my wife were on our honeymoon. We we're in Fiji, and um, we were thinking about our future, and we were like um, doing some bubble rings and stuff and and uh, I don't know how this happened, but we watched a video on YouTube about a woman named Hannah Lee from South Africa with her husband um, don't remember his name It's either Warren or Werner, one okay. of the two. And um, she's a, a, a medical doctor, he's a pastor. And uh, one day she gets a conviction to leave everything and minister in Afghanistan. So she moves her whole family, like her and her husband moved to Afghanistan. And the, the, long story short, the thing that really convicted me is after years of being there, one day um, while they were in there, the children were in their house, um, it was some terrorists had come in, I forgot who it was, They'd come in, they'd shot the two kids, and um, they'd also killed the father. Whoa. And um, this mother was there heartbroken, relaying the story. And the thing that really touched me was that she articulated in certain words that she doesn't regret at all what happened to her. In fact, shortly before he died, her husband had said, you only die once, it may as well be for Christ. And that picture kind of opened up a, the curtains or unveiled something where I thought there is a kingdom out there life is short and I want to be a part of like what's going on so my wife called up um voice of the martyrs. we didn't yeah. know if they were a This me- is on your honeymoon This right? is on our uh, yeah so this is um this is on our honeymoon but then okay. uh, when we got back to uh, Australia I
0: your wife called during the honeymoon. Oh, i like, wow, no, that's uh- <laughs> Oh,
1: actually, I, I need to confirm this. I think, I think she sent an email while we're on our honeymoon. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. So she sent an email. Let me clarify that So She sent an email. And I'm like, why are you sending an email? You, everything's American, you know. Uh, turns out that our contact didn't live far from our house. And they go, yeah, we don't live far from you. We've got a church of like uh, 15 people. Yeah. But, so the boss the CEO came to our church of 15 and he shared all these stories. And, wow. and uh, I called, I, I, I said the boss, I, I want to do anything. What do you need? Uh, I'll give you anything because I thought they just wanted money. He said, I don't want your money, but can I have your time? And can you, can you share these stories of what's happening with our persecuted wow. brothers and sisters? So that's, long story short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so this is the thing. This is what really gets me because I, I think it must be a Western culture thing, but you know, we, I think we're just so used to, here's a need because we live in in Western side, Here, here, have some money. And that, that's okay. We tick a box. We feel good. We yeah. do whatever. Now, again, I'm not saying that's wrong to give money to, to charities or to different organizations. But what really impacted me was what you said before about mm. um, you want people to feel convicted. You want yes. people to, I'm assuming this is what you meant, that you want people to feel, wow, that's my brother and sister in Christ yeah. being persecuted for the faith I want to do something.
1: Is that yes. is that right, or did I understand? No, no, that, that's that's exactly right. That's that's because the thing is, you talked a little bit about we give money. A lot of the time, um, persecution falls into the same category as holiness. You hear it, and you're like, Ugh, like, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be holy. Like, <laughs> like, Ugh, it's like this is ugly thing. And you know, when yeah. you hear about. Okay, enjoy your Christian life, but remember there are Christians being persecuted. Oh, oh, that's right. You know, okay, let me yeah. give you my money. Like and you know, and what
0: that I mean, kind of, you know, like oh yeah, yeah I forget about it for twelve months. And that's that, right. You know, the ugly <laughs> yeah, persecution, yeah. the
1: feeling of what comes back. Oh, I'll give yeah. money again. Again, yeah. And there's so much to say about that, and I won't say too much. But it's just like usually, if if we give because we're motivated by guilt, you'll give to the extent at which it. Um, it banishes your guilt. So, you know, if, if it takes 10 bucks to get rid of your guilt, you'll do it. Yeah. But that's not really love at all, you know? Right. And the thing is, um, it's, it's really based off Hebrews 13, three. It's a biblical conviction. And this is the key scripture voice, of the martyrs. Okay. So remember those who are in prison as those in prison with them and those mistreated, knowing that you yourselves are part of the same body. So, so yeah, it, it is a, a conviction to say, guys, life is short these guys are getting persecuted they belong to the same body as us Mm. and it's for the gospel we all got saved by that gospel it's not a foreign thing okay (laughs) so
0: this is a question from from myself so what do we do so you're saying obviously money's nice but it's not anything we need to get that our brothers and sisters um are suffering yes so what do we do what 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 can we do because that's the problem we've with us, we think we give money or we give time and that's it. And these people being persecuted are on the other side of the world. Yes. So we don't really see it. We don't understand it. But yet you're saying to us that we should really be convicted by it. So what, yeah. what can the average person, Christian, do in that, in that regards? I've thought of this stuff heaps because I,
1: I'm not some highly educated person that joined VOM. I'm just a lay person that got convicted. So okay. there are three things I think about. And, yeah. I, and I say this sometimes at churches, three P's. First thing is pray because love for our brothers and sisters is a learned thing. Okay. And um, uh, I always tell people, you know, give me your email address. Mm. Give me your name. Mm-hmm. You know. Can I give my email address through here? Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's d b a r y at vom.com.au. Um, or you can go to vom.com.au. But if they email me their name and email address, I'll give them prayer points. Great. And... I say that thoughtfully because it takes time to be invested in people's lives. You're, you're praying. You're not just giving your, your feeling affections. The Bible says, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. It's about love. So that's the first thing. Pray, get used to the stories, yeah. develop that love. And then from there comes a sustainable relationship with the persecuted. Yeah. The sec- second thing you can do is um, preach. Um, why, the reason why I say preach I mean, okay, A, preach what's going on with the persecuted. Go on okay. Facebook, share stories, um, face, uh, the VOM Facebook page. But not only that, I mean this. Preach the gospel that they're willing to die for. Because our job as Christians is not just to support them to do the work. Mm. They just happen to be in persecuted places. Mm. We also are bound by that same gospel. And I think there's an authenticity that exists when we are saying, look, I'm not just helping them, I'm co-laboring with them. And they're just being persecuted, so I've got to help them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I really do think preach, because that's that's really vital. And even Paul, when he was in prison in Philippians, he writes, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. We're vindicating them when we share the gospel. Yeah. If, if they knew how lazy we were, they would be utterly discouraged. They're, they're willing to die for this. You're doing nothing. Hmm. Uh, Richard Wurmbrand said that when he left prison, he was more discouraged outside of prison when he saw the complacency of the West in, inside. And I don't think he was
0: exaggerating. Yeah, uh, I really don't. So that's a that, that's the second thing. So can you just. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you explain who Richard Wormbrand oh, is? Yeah, yeah, sure, just sure. in case the listeners don't know who he is. Cause, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go.
1: yeah that, that's fine. So he was born in Romania in 1909. 1938 he came to christ this jewish carpenter prayed for him and uh he was in he was in the faith not very long because in 1945 the communists around that time had come in and um they were um establishing their communism and then there was a meeting called the congress of cults um, that that is to say, there was this big meeting where they wanted to propagate uh, communism, and they wanted all the Christian leaders and pastors and people of different denominations to yield to communism, right? So one by one, um, people in this congregation are saying, yeah, look, communism's good. yep, they're gonna really? yep, they're going to just like, it's like if communists came to Australia and you find out the local Anglican Church, or it doesn't matter what denomination. The local yeah. pastor just gave up Christ. Yeah. That's what they were doing. And Richard was with his wife in the audience, and she looks at him and says, are you going to let them spit in the face of Christ? Right? And he turns around her and he goes, look, you know, if I speak up now, you've lost your husband. And she looked at him and said, I don't want a coward for a husband. And that's how it all began. He stood up in the presence of the thousands, and he proclaimed Christ is the only way. And for, for that reason, he got put into prison. Yeah. And experienced unspeakable tortures, you know, one slice of bread a week, um, just very sophisticated methods of torture protracted over a period of 14 years, three years in solitary confinement. Who would have thought that uh, him being tortured, drugged up, starved on the brink of death many times that he would birth a world? You know, there were times in prison, he goes, I couldn't remember one verse. All I could say was Jesus, I love you. And then all he could say was Jesus, that's it and then all he could all he could do was give his heartbeat to the Lord because he had no even words to say left he had no strength but he who would have been able to see and forecast that a worldwide ministry Voice of the Martyrs working with millions of Christians across 68 countries would be born from this one person wow. who was spat on urinated on tortured in the pit of hell in dungeon so who knows <laughs> and then the th- the last thing would is provide you know provide, yep. and, and I will say that what I do admire about Voice of the Martyrs is that if somebody does give a dollar or two dollars yep. um, to a specific ministry fund, like Bibles, hundred percent goes, okay. not ninety, not ninety-five cents, but they can nominate hundred percent of their funds to go to certain locations, and that gives me a lot of joy to say that. Yeah. Uh, so those are three P's.
0: Okay, I'm gonna. You don't have to do it, but sure. I'm gonna ask you to share a story. In regards to well, when we talk about persecution, mm-hmm. you know, in, here in Australia at least, we talk about you know people might swear at you, they might call you crazy, delete you from social media, whatever, mm-hmm. right? What are we talking about when people are overseas? And you, you, you elaborate, elaborate it a little bit about yeah. you know family members dying. Is there a story that you can really that you can share? Obviously, you don't have to name names or anything, but you, that you can share. Say, guys, like there are people going through this this is happening every day every month every year
1: yeah look when you mentioned story there's just too many there's so many stories you know what i mean because there's there's just so many um this is not so much a story probably because this is the first thing that sprung to mind okay Okay. yeah yeah. so i'll just tell you whatever came to mind right now um when people think about okay look you we've got we've got um Many Bibles. I've got so many Bibles at home. Yeah. You know, so many translations. North Korea, it's the number one most dangerous country in the world to be a Christian. Yeah. About 500,000 Christians. 70,000 of them are um, currently in hard labor camps. Um, so the, what, what
0: do you mean by hard
1: labor camps? Uh, I'll, I'll, just, oh, okay. I'll just clarify that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I mean by this, uh, the majority of those 70,000 are in hard labor camps. That is to say, they give you the maximum amount of labor combined with a minimal amount of food to ensure an inevitable protracted death many have found in this position why because somebody had found them with a bible just a bible like this so what happens is you're caught with a bible in north korea yeah it's not the local thugs who put you in prison it's it's the communist government yeah they will not only throw you in prison but they'll throw your neighbors in prison too because they, the neighbors should have spied on you and they should have been privy to this first and they should have informed the government about this. So they'll get thrown in prison. Yeah. Um, but not only that, it won't only be you that gets thrown into prison, it'll be the generations after you because they want to ensure that Christianity oh is completely snuffed out. Now, um, I won't say all of them are in the hard labor camps. Maybe many of them go into prison, but many, many do go into these hard labor camps. That's just what it is, and their, their destiny is just to live there and die there. That's just North Korea. So that's listen, there,
0: there's no chance, minimal chance of getting out. Yes, yes, a normal yes life. you
1: know, absolutely, yes. So that's the reality for for most in for for many in North Korea. Many yeah. Christians. Um, we send Bibles from South Korea into North Korea via weather balloons. Um, so. This sounds really strange, but they calculate wind speeds um, from South Korea to North Korea. And um, they tie the Bibles there and they can calculate to within the kilometer where these Bibles are going to land. And since they started this project, they've been delivering about 30,000 Bibles a year. Wow. um, In total with with weather balloons and other means. Um, Just to get Bibles. Just to get Bibles across. And before Voice of the Barter started this, there was almost 0% exposure to the Bible now it's increased dramatically and i it's either 1.8% or it's 8% one of the two that's right yeah. um but but either way it's 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 huge so um i wanted to give that example because i could ne- there could there's heaps of other countries that we could speak about right now yeah but think of that word 70,000 or 50,000 a lot of these things are ballparks you know yeah but still that's a lot of people who are persecuted for their faith so it just just that global picture just gives you a reality check. Yeah, um, 70% of Christians suffer for the gospel, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. The 30 of us, we don't. We ought not to feel guilty about it. And we can talk about that later, but yeah. that's the way it
0: is. Now, you mentioned guilt because mm. um, that's how at least I feel. And I'm sure some people will, f- will feel when they listen to this and think, oh, man, I'm just you know, a person that goes to church every Sunday and I feel bad and you know, David and Lisa just said that money probably not the best way to help or whatever it is. What, what, what do we do? So for those who also we live in, in a Western country, we live in Australia, we live in Sydney.
1: Mm.
0: How do you combat that guilt? And I know we've got the three Ps. Mm. Okay. Yes. But I think what I'm really trying to get at is, is this something that we should, is this, is this a wake up call? So this is what, I think this is what I'm yeah, trying to like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we just discuss. I'm not saying this is for everyone, but no, no, no. is yeah. this a wake-up call for people? Should we really consider, actually, there are people dying for their faith. Maybe I should go into full-time ministry or should really give up more time. Like, I, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Look, Yeah, look, it's, sometimes it's difficult to speak about
1: because when you start talking definites and you start being, you start talking about these weighty things, you're yeah. often accused of legalism. And, yes, true. You know, and but the way i like to think about it is like this like i'm here in australia and um i was born here it's 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 not necessarily evil i have I've, I've many good luxuries i'm enjoying many good things so it's not wrong and i think about christ and um or moses i i'll talk about um, um christ first but christ had a glory before the world he began he wasn't wrong he deserved it he was before the world but then He, being so constrained by love, voluntarily forfeited his glory that was rightfully his. It wasn't wrong. The thing is, if Christ forfeited his glory because it was wrong for him to have that glory, it wouldn't be love. It would be, oh, he's he's doing what he ought to do, right? So he voluntarily forfeited his glory, and that's why we love him so much, because he became flesh. The guy who created the world became one of us, and that's why we adore him so much, because he died on the cross. And I do sometimes wonder if God has given us here in the West a privileged, I use that word carefully, position to reflect that specific glory that God has that we're not forced. No one says Mm. you need to do X, Mm. but being constrained by love, we voluntarily forfeit the things that we enjoy for the sake of not only loving our brothers and sisters because we want to give them the things that we enjoy, but we also wanna show Christ to be most valuable, I'm willing to, let's say, set more. In theory, I can say I'm willing to sacrifice this thing that I enjoy for you because Christ is sufficient, you know? And that's us reflecting that glory of Christ by doing that. So I don't think we should be guilty about the things we have, but I think we should say this is an opportunity
0: yeah.
1: to reflect that glory. Moses did the same thing in Egypt, He's, you know, enjoying all the privileges of an Egyptian, but then he saw his, his brothers fighting. And then he left everything and he joined them. And that was beautiful. And I think, is God asking us to do the same thing? When Moses saw his his brother's burdens, he saw the burdens and his life was changed and he joined them. When we hear a story about North Koreans and we see their burdens, are we willing to walk away from those things of Egypt? And say, you know what, I'm willing to associate with you. I'm willing to walk with you. I'm going to forfeit this stuff and I'm going to live this life. And it says in the Bible that God was not ashamed to call them... um, his, blood, I have got the word because um, they desired it. You know, another, something from another country. You know, they are yeah. looking ahead. So, does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it, that's, it's, that's, it's just that's what I think. It, it's radical. Yeah. It's so radical, but that's I think that God, that's what God calls us yeah. to do. And,
0: and yeah. I think, yeah, and look, I think you um, hit the nail on the head. Where yeah. you know we we are privileged, and that's not wrong. Uh, but now it's up to us to decide, so, not out of guilt, mm. but trying to say, well, you know what, this has impacted me so much. What a forfeit. But like you said, it's not legalism. We're not right. saying here every single listener has to give up their job, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Korea or China and become missionaries. We're, yeah, not, yeah, we're yeah. not saying that. That's right. But we are saying what is the spirit saying to you? What what yes. should you or what has God been saying to you that you should give up? Yes. To, to, yes. to um yeah, to kind of live like your brothers and sisters in that regard. And our little pain. Obviously, compared to is, is, is a lot different. Yes. But we are, um, yeah, uh, suffering together. It might, might be different suffering, different persecution. But, but yes, that's right. But it is together in some sense. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for that, David. Yeah. All right. So if there's one thing you want to say, and maybe you've already said it, yeah. to our listeners in regards to their Christian faith, in regards mm. to persecuted brothers and sisters, mm. and persecuted brothers and sisters Regards to Voice of the Martyr, what what is that one thing? Yeah, um, I would
1: say that. Okay, you spoke about Voice of the Martyrs, persecuted Christians, the Christian life. Yeah. The thing that they all have in common, I think, really is the foundation of our faith, which is the gospel, because you know in Matthew sixteen eighteen where Jesus says, "I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. You know, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." Voice of the Martyrs is not a social justice ministry. It's just trying to advance the gospel. Yes. And, and similarly, in our Christian walk, we're not trying to um, be social justice-minded. Uh, we're trying to join ourselves with persecuted brothers and sisters through the gospel. Yeah. And I might just say this. Voice of the Martyrs was formed, it began in, the, in a hellish pit of, of, a, of, a, of a prison cell, because Richard Wormbrand stood up for the gospel in communist Romania, and because of that, he got imprisoned for fourteen years. Yeah, three of those years in solitary confinement. So, it's really the gospel which caused VOM to be born, and it's the furtherance of the gospel which is what sustains it. You know, so and I, I think that's our that's our goal too as Christians to love that gospel. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I feel I feel like that's the thread that joins everything together. Yeah. You know, just look at the end of the day, if people don't value the gospel. If they Don't think it's beautiful, they're not going to care about what these people are, are advancing to begin with anyway. It's a gospel problem, you know. The best Christians are the ones who love the gospel, and <laughs>
0: I, I reckon the gospel's great. No, I think that's, that's <laughs> you true, know? man. And that, you know? that obviously hurts a little bit yeah, in regards yeah. to just seeing people um, or Christians where they're not really loving others, they're not really loving the gospel. But you're yes. right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best Christians are the ones that love the gospel, that love Jesus, that knows what Jesus has done in their life. It's amazing. Yes. It sustains them through the persecution. Yeah. You know, no, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. No, thank you. That's, uh, that's really good. Uh, bit of a change of direction. A little yeah. bit, not, not too much. Um, okay. So uh, you've been at your local church for a beer. We've just spoken about that work, mm. your money to Friday a job at yeah. the church. Um, now we're kind of changing direction a little bit in regards to leadership. And, uh, you know, you will know and I know a lot of our viewers know or listeners know that uh, being a leader is hard. Um, but when I emailed you, I sent you some questions and you responded back to me. And what got me by surprise is your honesty. And uh, I don't know if this is funny or I don't mean it to be funny, but it's really interesting because you, you were just honest with me. And you said, look, you know, being a leader is hard. And one of the things, at least for you, is that you want to become better than everyone else in ministry yeah. uh, is that right or did yeah. i read it wrong yeah now, like
1: in, in context you know like yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah and uh so much so that sometimes you wish that people fail around you so you can appear a little bit better yeah now i'm not in a sense making fun of you I, I think i love that honesty and yeah. it's true like i think at least for myself i've thought of that is oh you just wish that oh, I wish so and so wasn't that good because yeah. you know that person wasn't that good I would look at uh, yeah, a little bit better yeah. or at least coming from my perspective you know the typical thing of a pastor is oh man like you know so and so is such a great preacher so I look mm. mediocre or so and so such a great yeah. leader so yeah uh talk us through that because I know a lot of pastors a lot of leaders uh, think through that so wh- why do you think that is that you have that inside of you that you just wish other people will fail so you look a little bit better yeah well it's interesting because
1: um when i think about it i don't really care if someone across the world is doing well you know it's always about context you know and and uh, and how uh, an emphasis and if people around you are lower you are more emphasized you know it's about context and yeah you know and it just reminds like i i don't know like you know it it, maybe it springs from a desire to uh maybe it's maybe it's it's a good desire somewhat um as in the, the actual underneath all of that, there's a desire to feel accepted and yep. desire to feel approved and so on. And you want to hear well done, good and faithful servant and all that, which is probably yeah. good. But um maybe it's just distorted, you know, where you 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 want to place that confidence on things you can see, yeah, because I can see other people. I can see things at church or things at work or things at home, I can see that, but uh, what Christ has done for you and, and the, the riches you have, you can't see. It requires faith. And um, it, it's funny we talk about this now because we're going through 1 Samuel at church and I was just reflecting upon Saul and I won't say too much about it except for the fact that Saul seemed perfectly fine until David killed Goliath and then he went all demonic and insane. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And uh, there's that there's that sentence when I actually felt sorry for Saul where um, all the girls are coming out and me, and, and, and they say... Um, Saul's killed thousands, but David has killed tens it's of thousands. thousands. Yeah. and I remember talking to Jasmine. I go, man, I just feel so sorry for Saul, and she's, well, was it Jasmine or someone else? And they go, what? What do you mean you feel sorry for Saul? I just, I don't know. He's king, and there's this other yeah. guy, much younger than him. Man, his own son is in love with him. He's made a covenant with yeah, him. Joseph, yeah, yeah. Um, Saul's own daughters uh, uh, love him. Yeah, actually, I, good. I never thought of it. Like yeah, that. and I'm just like, everyone loves him, and like this guy's been rejected by God. And he just feels like crap, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I just, yeah. and you know, eventually it took hold of him and he just wanted to kill David. And I just yeah. kind of thought in that moment, as evil as that is, I kind of understand, like even though yeah. as bad as that is, yeah. he just wants to eliminate the, the problem in his life that's making him look so bad. Yeah. And, um, whereas you've got Jonathan who he should have been totally jealous because he was heir to, heir to, he was next to be king. He didn't feel jealous at all. and yeah. And instead he gave David his sword and his armor and whatever it is and he just said I feel the Lord has wanted, wants you to be king and I just forfeit all that and I just
0: Yeah
1: uh, sometimes I can be more like a sword than
0: a Jonathan I think yeah. so. And that's, oh, yeah. man, that's that's really good because yeah. that is so true instead of kind of like Jonathan like you were saying empowering or being so happy for someone which I think it's easy to say you can always say to yourself, oh man I'm so happy for you, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's easy to say but it's really what's in the heart and that's right it is and I guess it is like human nature where we don't like being second or third. That's right, or yeah. You know, we want to be number one. And But I think the key thing from that, from that story that you talked about is it's not wrong being tempted. That's, you know, as, as humans, we are going to be tempted in regards to... Uh, being jealous or envious of others is what we do. And I think that's, you yeah. know, Jonathan saw, that's two two ways that we can go. Either yeah. we take that and that that bait from Satan and yes. be like, nah, you know, I'm going to destroy him. I don't want him yeah. in my life. I'm going to be better than him. Yeah. Or kind of be like Jonathan and, and say, yeah, he is better. God's anointed him for whatever ministry, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. I'm just going to support him. David, it's yeah. been a pleasure. Thank you so much for Thanks, coming on brother. the show. And uh, God bless. God bless. Well, that's it. That's the interview with David. And uh, I thought it was a great interview. And uh, I, man, what really impacted me a lot from that was the amazing stories that he gave. And just understanding where he stands and what's his role and also the role of VOM and how they just really want to give a voice to persecuted Christians. Now, in that half an hour or so, there was a lot to unpack um, But look, here are my three things that impacted me, and maybe you can resonate, maybe not. But these are the three things that impacted me uh, during the interview. The first one was just seeing the commitment of uh, Richard, who started VOM, or the Christians in North Korea, and how they're being persecuted, yet they're giving their all for Jesus because they know what they've done. Now, the second thing is kind of related to the first one, but in regards to guilt. And I, I think we should just understand that guilt is real, okay? Like, guilt is real. It's not wrong, uh, per se. But what we need to acknowledge and understand is that, look, wherever God has placed us, either if it's, it's in a persecutor country, if it's in a in a, in a nice and amazing country like uh, Sydney, Australia, Australia. Um, We just have to acknowledge, okay, this is where God has placed us. We shouldn't feel guilty about it, but we have to understand that just like our fellow and brothers, sisters overseas who are, you know, being persecuted, who are going through trials, we also may go through that. And maybe God's calling us um, to sacrifice or to make a sacrifice. It might look different, okay, but it's a sacrifice that we can join together with our fellow brothers and sisters, and lastly, uh, was that, just that last part in regards to Jonathan and so? And I think the big challenge for me was like, look, am I a Jonathan or am I a Saul? Am I going to be bitter and jealous about others and how God has blessed them? Or am I going to support and empower uh, those who God is using? So before I finish, I actually want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Subscribe um, whatever platform you use for podcasts, please subscribe so you can get the latest episodes. Uh, if you can, write a review. I believe it's only Apple Podcasts you can write a review, but I would really appreciate that because that would benefit myself and the show. Uh, share this podcast with others. If you know this episode or previous episode, will help someone specifically share it with them. And lastly, send me some feedback if you can, either through social media or our email which is don't tell god at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening guys. I'll catch you all next time.